Hello, welcome to Let's Meet the Virologists, a podcast about the people behind today's virology headlines. With the annual American Society for Virology meeting coming up in two weeks, we are talking with graduate students and postdoctoral researchers who will be attending the meeting. Thank you for talking with us today. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, I'm Caroline Plesha. I'm a fifth year graduate student at Purdue University studying the molecular biology of viruses. Specifically, I work on Ebola and SARS-CoV-2. Okay, great. And can you tell us a little bit about how you first became interested in sort of like science and virology? Um, well, I've always been very interested in science. My dad was a space scientist for NASA, so I was always very aware of that. We always did lots of fun experiments at home and went to the science museums. Um, so I was always very interested. And then when I was in high school, I had a really great chemistry teacher named Mr. Farron. And he really inspired me to take my chemical education and put it towards research. So when I was a senior in high school, I started, well, I applied to be an intern at the National Cancer Institute, which was about an hour away from my house, and I got accepted. So when I was 16, I got thrown into a research lab doing natural products chemistry and learning about how we can put chemistry towards um, anti-cancer drug development. And so I was started off very early in my research career. And that going through college just made me love research even more. I participated in undergraduate research there. And then every summer I went back to NIH and did more research in the labs there. Um, and that set me up really well for graduate school where I am now. Um, and in graduate school is where I got my real interest in viruses. Before this, I had done mostly anti-cancer research. Okay. And um, can you tell us a little bit about sort of how you ended up choosing your graduate program and your graduate lab? So what were the decisions or what were kind of the things you were looking for in a program and in a lab? Yeah, um, I was pretty set on going to Purdue. Um, I knew a professor in this department and I knew how good of a program it was. So I was very interested in that, but I didn't really know what lab I wanted to join. And this is kind of a funny story. Um, so because I, I knew I wanted to go to Purdue, but I also applied to a few other schools. And at one of these other schools, I met this great professor who was doing this really cool Ebola research. And I thought, wow, like that's who I want to work for, but he doesn't go to Purdue. Like, what am I going to do? Um, so I ended up coming to Purdue anyways, but so did he, and the same year I did. So I did get to work for him, so now I work for Rob Stalen, um, and that's how I ended up choosing my lab was I was just so amazed at what you could study about viruses just looking at a single protein, um, and that's what he does. He kind of pioneered the VP40 research for Ebola. Um, and... Um, can you tell us a little bit about your lab? So like what's sort of your typical day in a lab? Uh, I get up and I go into work. I answer a few emails, but then I hop into the lab and start working with, um, I work with a lot of E. coli and a lot of mammalian cells. So I'll take care of my cells, uh, play things for experiments and then start experiments. Um, I also do a lot of imaging. So at the end of the day, when the experiment is finished, I take it downstairs, put it on the microscope and I'm able to see uh, what my little viral particles are doing. Okay, great. And why don't you tell us a little bit about some of the experiments you've been doing? Sort of what are some of the types of experiments and then maybe some of the main findings? Yeah, uh, so, uh, at first, I was studying Ebola, but when the pandemic hit, I started studying SARS-CoV-2, so that's what my thesis has majorly uh, become about. And so uh, SARS-CoV-2 has four major structural components, so I wanted to study which of those components was 
uh, or which combinations of those components were required to make viral particles. So I started off by expressing each of these structural components alone, seeing if I can make viral particles. I did this with imaging and with um, a viral particle collection assay. And what I, was, what I found was that none of the structural proteins alone were able to make viral particles. But when you start co-expressing them together, the nucleoprotein seems to drive some sort of viral particle assembly in some way. Um, so those were some major findings for us. But my next step before I go more into the molecular biology of the virus was I wanted to be able to visualize these viral particles as they entered cells. So my next step was how do I get a fluorescent or TEM accessible tag onto these viral particles. So I took the spike protein, which we all know binds to ACE2 and mediates entry, uh, and I tagged it with a green fluorescent protein. And then the green fluorescent spike was able to be incorporated into viral particles that I made. And so it made these nice glowing particles that I could collect and use to um, infect target cells. And so then I looked at mechanism of entry and whether these viral particles co-localize with different endocytic markers and discovered that these viral particles, while they lack the viral genome, still enter cells in the exact same way as the authentic live virus, which makes them really good models for BSL-2 drug screening. Cool, cool. And sort of as you alluded to, um, kind of making this tool, you can now use it for screening. So what are some of the next steps that you want, that you want to do? Uh, my biggest interest is doing a large-scale drug screening study with these. Um, Purdue has a huge chemical compound library that's accessible through the high throughput screening core. And so I'd really like to miniaturize this assay, get it in a 96-hole plate, and then submit it to the core and get some hits. Oh, cool, cool. And is this the work that you're going to talk about at ASC this year? Yeah, I'm mostly going to talk about the molecular biology of getting those tags introduced to the viral particles because we still have yet to do the drug screening. Right, right. And can you give us a little bit of sort of, uh, uh, I guess, background about how is it that when you want to tag something, what are, what are some of the issues that are involved in that? So it's not as straightforward as it might sound, obviously. Yeah, well, considering the tag can often be the size of the protein that can uh, often create a lot of problems. But for the spike protein, that's about 180 kilodaltons if you don't count the huge glycan caps that are added to it. So we're talking about a pretty big protein. GFP is like 25 kilodaltons. So the tag we're adding is relatively small. So a lot of the hurdles uh, we had to get over, including like, can it change the localization? Can it change how your protein behaves? We weren't so worried about given that the spike protein was just overbearingly large. Um, and so we checked trafficking and it um, goes to the same places. We checked incorporation into viral particles. It still gets incorporated uh, with relatively the same efficiency. And then the next step was, can we see if these particles are infectious? And uh, we found that they were. So all of those could have been potential problems. We could have needed to move the location of the um, tag. But what we did was we put the tag on the inside of the viral particle on the small part of spike that is inside. And that seems to protect the tag and protect the function of spike. I see. Cool. Very cool. Do you have some vision about where you would like to go after this? Are you interested in academics or industry policy? What are you interested in? Personally, I'm really interested in continuing my bench time in doing research. Uh, you know, towards the end of my career, I want to do more administrative things. But um, what I'd really like to do is get BSL-3 or BSL-4 training. Um, what I've done so far has been largely pseudovirus-based, so I've never actually gotten my hands on the authentic live virus, which is something I really want to do. 
So I'm looking at academic or industrial postdocs that have those types of facilities. I see. And do you enjoy mainly doing um, sort of in vitro experiments or are you actually in, interested in vivo uh, sort of like animal model experiments as well? Definitely interested starting in cells because that's what I um, love and know. But um, I'm very interested in testing drugs and their eth efficacy in animals. So that would definitely require mice or monkey models. Um, I'm a little bit hesitant at jumping in and working with animals with no experience, but I'm interested. Yeah. Okay. Great. Um, and then um, I guess one question, thinking back to you, were, you were telling me that your dad is actually involved in science. Did you ever feel pressure to enter science in a way, or, you know, did you ever consider another career? Yeah, my parents are very well-rounded. They didn't want to force me to go into science, but it was hard to not at least be interested in it. My mom is a nurse and was a chemistry teacher, so we're very chemistry-oriented. Um, but I also did a lot of music growing up. I played the piano and trumpet. I did marching band. So if you had asked me as a um, freshman or sophomore in high school, I might have told you that I was going to go get a music degree, which is actually what my little sister ended up doing. And she's now pursuing oboe performance. So I would never say I necessarily felt pressured, but I definitely felt like the science track was just a right fit for me. Great, great. Um, and then this has been sort of an interesting year, obviously, to be a virologist, um, living through a pandemic, and then, as you were saying, now changing your thesis over to studying this new virus. What has it been like for you as a person and also as a virologist? Well, uh, in my lab was a postdoc who was from Wuhan. So right when the pandemic started and when they first you know, came out and said, there's something happening. We knew about it um, from the news and because our postdoc had mentioned like, hey, there's something going on that we should pay attention to. And so from the beginning, we knew it was happening. Um, in March, when things started to get a little bit crazy in the US and things shut down, our lab remained open because of the Ebola research. Um, we were still considered uh, essential. So we kept working and maybe in mid, to late March or early April, we started getting plasmids and supplies to express uh, SARS-CoV-2 proteins. And that's when we hit the ground running. Uh, we were working like 60 to 80 hour weeks. We really wanted to be like the first to publish some of this stuff. And we were all super interested in making a difference and stopping the pandemic. Um, <clears throat> so my life kind of flipped 180 degrees going from a very relaxed um, research project on Ebola that nobody was going to scoop to this like crazy uh, different environment. Um, so I actually thought it was pretty fun. I really liked the high paced or fast paced work. Um, I really liked being on the cutting edge and I liked being a source of information for my friends and family. And I guess um, just more personally, what was it like for you outside of the lab? Um, you know, what, what impact has the pandemic had on you? Uh, the pandemic has definitely affected me in terms of like being able to socialize and see the people that I care and love um, frequently. You know, that's been hard because I haven't been able to do that, but I have been able to focus, you know, all of my energy on research. And so I feel like out of a lot of people I know, I made a really good or had a really good go at a really bad situation um, because I was able to focus on work. Right, right. Um, and then I guess since you're in the beginning of your career, just thinking like, um, you know, you in 10, 20 years, what would you like to be doing? How do you see yourself? See myself writing a lot of grants and overseeing lots of scientists is something I want to do. 
I really like the idea of being the person that puts together all of the data from different projects or from different people and kind of synergizes it to create a story. So I think being a PI, running my own lab is something I see in the future. I'm not sure how soon, but as soon as I possibly can. <laughs> right, right. All right. Well, thank you very much for talking with us today. That was great. Thank you so much. This has been Let's Meet the Virologists, a podcast about people who study viruses. This is your host, Larissa Backright, and thanks for listening.